Okay, we are holding in Malachim Aleph by Perak Yud Ches, Perak Yud Ches, chapter 18 of Malachim Aleph. And really, we're in the middle of a very fascinating part of Malachim because we're dealing with the story of Eliyahu Hanavi. Um, I, I think without any doubt, the most famous Navi and the Navi that is somehow connects to us always. Eliyahu has this uh, eternity to him. You know, Eliyahu Navi is the only Navi that we talk about that comes to every Pesach Seder, comes to every bris. And, you know, so many Nisim stories always connected with Eliyahu Navi. And of course, we're all awaiting for Eliyahu to be Mevaser Hagula because Eliyahu is given that job. He's going to be the one that's going to be Mevaser that's going to tell us about the Geula. But now, we're in the middle of learning about his actual, uh, the story of when he served Klal Yisrael as a Navi. And it was not an easy time at all, as we've been learning. Um, we learned that there is, uh, you know, just going back for a second, we're in the, the state of division when there's two, really there's two Klal Yisraels almost. It's, it's two nations. Um, the nation, the Mamlacha of the Ten Shvatim versus the nation of the Two Shvatim. Um, the two Shvatim led by Malchi Yehuda always, and the Tan Shvatim by Malachim from different Shvatim. Um, and we're going through them one by one. Of course, the division started by the son of Shlomo HaMelech, Rechavam. And um, Rechavam was of the, two, of the two nations. And then on the other hand, you had Yeruvam, who became the first king of the ten nations. And, but we're already a few uh, generations, or a few uh, steps after that. But we saw one thing, that when it came to the Ten Nations, um, almost always, the kings were Oiv Deavid So, you know, we talked a lot about, um, about Yeruvam, who was the first, and, and though he started out a great person, but, but ultimately became a, a terrible person, terrible Oiv Deavid He was Yeruvam, he was succeeded by his son Nadav, um, who was equally bad. Um, he was uh, succeeded by Basha, who uh, wasn't from the same tribe at all. In fact, Basha killed out Yeruvam's whole family. Um, Basha and then his son Ela, who were kings for a short period of time. And then you had Zimri, uh, who was really a short period of time. And then Omri, and then Omri's son Achav. And that's where we're holding. Um, again, everything I just said was about the kings of the ten, of the ten tribes, of the, of the, uh, the Mamlechas Aseras Hashvatim. So we're holding by the king Achav, who was really the seventh of the Malchi Yisrael. If you go in the numbers, he's number seven of the Malchi When you say Malchi Yisrael, that means the, the, Mal, the Malachim of the Ten Shvatim. And as we discussed, Achav was a terrible Russia. Achav was a terrible Russia. And if uh, his wife, uh, if anything, was worse than him, Izevel. Izevel, not Jewish, not a Jewish woman. Uh, terrible, uh, of course, Eveda Savedezara. She brought the Baal to the Jewish people. And together, they were the king and queen. And they, they had a tremendous rule. Um, over their, their nation and surrounding areas. But he was, again, the, the terrible of David Azar. So what happened was in last parak is Eliyahu Hanavi challenges Achav. And Eliyahu says, there's not going to be any rain in your domain, in your kingdom, until I say there will be. Um, that was preceded, you might recall, by a, uh, a, a conversation of Achav with Eliyahu um, by the Shiva home of Chiel. Remember, Chiel was the one who built up Yericho, even though there's a Xerah from Yoshua ben Nun not to do so. And Yeshua ben Nun said that if someone does, so his sons will die, one by one. Yeshua said that when he starts, his oldest son will die, when he finishes, his youngest son will die. Chiel was not phased by that. He built Yericho, and all of his sons did die. And Chiel was a friend of Achav. And Eliyahu and Avi came with Chiel, I'm sorry, Eliyahu and Achav were both in the same Shiva home with Chiel. 
And Eliyahu Navi told he rebuked Chiel. He said, you know why your sons died? Because you didn't listen to the Navi. You didn't listen to Yeshua bin Nun. And Achav says, oh, really? And when you don't listen to a Navi, um, you're, you're punished? Um, Hashem is greater than the Nevi'im. And I don't listen to Hashem, I'm not punished. Right? We're Eved we're not punished, we're doing great. And that's when Eliyahu gets up with his kanos, with his uh, zealousness, and that's when he said, makes that proclamation that there's not going to be any more rain in your kingdom whatsoever. There's going to be a terrible famine. And of course, that's exactly what happens. Um, and then we learned that Eliyahu Navi had, uh, had to go away in a place in hiding, and there was the ravens that brought him food. Um, ultimately, he went, Hashem told him to go to a place, and there'd be a woman who would take care of him. Um, and that's what happens. The woman, Eliyahu Navi says, to give me some of your food, and then you'll never be lacking for food. And ultimately, we have one of the great Nisim of Tanakh, that the son of this woman, so Eliyahu Navi takes up lodging, it seems it was some type of an inn, takes up lodging in this home, and at some point, one of the sons of this woman dies. And the woman tells Eliyahu, he says, you know, now, you know, here I, I thought you're a man of Hashem, and now I took you into my home, and now what happens? My son dies. And Eliyahu Navi calls out to Hashem, and Eliyahu Navi does the great nest of Tchiyas HaMesim. This is the first time in the Torah, in Tanakh, where we have the concept of a person dying, and it's Adi doing literal Tchiyas HaMesim. Um, later it's going to happen again, but now it's Eliyahu Navi who does that. And that's how Perik Yudzayin really finished. Um, in the last Pasuk of Perik Yudzayin, V'atoymer ha'isha el Eliyahu. The woman says to Eliyahu, Ata zayadaiti, now I know ki isha lekim ata, you're a man of God. Udvar Hashem b'ficha emes, the word of Hashem is in your mouth, is always true. That's how Perik Yudzayin finished, when Eliyahu Navi did the Tchiyas HaMesim for this woman. Okay, this brings us to Perik Yudchas, and now, now it gets very, very exciting. And we have one of, the, one of the great and very famous stories of Tanakh, is in this Perik. Three years already into this famine. And Hashem's word came to Eliyahu and he says, I want you to go to Achav. I want you to confront Achav. Till now, you've been hiding out. I want you to go to Achav. And ultimately, we're going to, it's, I'm going to make it rain. It's time to bring rain back to the Jewish people. Um, I think I mentioned at the end of last class a very interesting statement in the Gemara. The Gemara says that when Leo Novi said that it's not going to rain anymore, he requested from Hashem the keys to rain. He says, I want to be in charge of rain. And Hashem gave it to him. He said, okay, you're in charge of the rain. In the end of last parak, Leo Novi says, I want the key of Tchiyas HaMesim. And Hashem says, listen. You know, he says, Hashem says, there's three keys that I have rights to. Rain, that no one has. Rain, Tchiyas HaMesim, and birth. If you're going to have Tchiyas HaMesim too, then you'll have two, I'll only have one. No. So Hashem says, if you want Tchiyas HaMesim, give, give me back rain. That's the Gemara. It's an interesting uh, you know, dialogue. But that's what Hashem tells Eliyahu Navi. So at this point, Hashem is back in charge of the rain, so to speak. So Hashem tells Eliyahu, I want you to go and confront Achav. And I want, and we're going to give rain. And that's what happens. So the Pasuk says, in Pasuk Beis, Vayilach Eliyahu lehiroi sal Achav. Eliyahu Navi goes to, to, he's going to search for Achav. The Harav Chazak B'Shomron, the famine is very, very terrible in the Shomron, which is the place where Achav was headquartered. Now, now we go to Achav's palace. Achav calls, he has a servant named Ovad Yohu, Asher al-Habayis, who was a person who was um, in charge of Achav's home. One of the ministers in Achav's palace was Ovad Yohu. Now, this Ovad Yohu, Hayoyore es Hashem Me'oyid. He was the opposite of Achav. He was Bama Tzadik. He was Yore es Hashem Me'oyid. So much so, the Pasuk says, that that what, what was the great act, what was the great act that this Ovad Yohu did? 
that this Izevel, Achav's wife, had all the Nevi'im of Hashem killed. She had them all put to death. So this Ovadio, being that he was a minister in the palace, he had connections and he had wealth. He was able to smuggle a hundred Nevi'im and save their lives. And he hid them in two, um, in two great uh, caves, 50 Nevi'im in one cave and 50 Nevi'im in another cave. And he supported them. He took care of the bread and water. And he was doing this, obviously, at the risk of his own life because the queen had commanded the, all the Nevi'im be killed. And many were killed. And he, single-handedly, was responsible for saving 100 Nevi'i Hashem. As the, and that's what the Pasuk talks about in Pasuk Dalit, when it's describing the Tzadik, the Tzadik Uvadyo. It says that when Izevel um, had killed out the Nevi'i Hashem, so Avadyo took 100 Nevi'im and he hid them 50 in one uh, cave, 50 in another. It's interesting, the Gemara says that Achav told Avadyo, who says, it must be you're not a real Tzadik. You know, everyone says you're a Tzadik. I don't believe you're a Tzadik. Why not? He says, because I know from the Torah that even when you have a Russia in charge, if he puts a tzaddik in his cabinet, he gets bracha. He says, where do I know that from? He says, I know it from two places. Lavan. Lavan says that when Yaakov was by him, everything was blessed because of Yaakov. And then we have Potiphar. Potiphar says when, when Yosef was by him, everything was blessed for, for, because of him. So, so Achav tells Ivadi, if you're such a tzaddik, like, like everyone says, you're such a tzaddik, my palace should be blessed because you're here. Just like Lavan's home was blessed when Yaakov was there, and, and uh, Petifar's home was blessed when Yosef was there. And so, Mar says, that's what the Pasuk means. It says, no, 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 he's wrong. Ivadi wasn't Eivid Hashem. Yari Hashem Ma'oit. It's that this Achav was so unworthy that even the tzaddik couldn't bring bracha to his home. That was a dialogue between this um, Achav and Uvad Yohu. Be that as it may, Achav tells Uvad Yohu, go search, go in the land and search for some water. Maybe there's a stream, maybe you'll find something. The animals are all dying, it's a terrible famine. So the, the king Achav commissions Uvad Yohu to go and search for water. And as the Pasuk says, they both went out. Achav went one way, the king Uvad Yohu goes the other way and they're searching. Now, Evadio was walking in the way, and who does he come across? Eliyahu Anavi. Pasuk Zayin, Vahir Evadiyahu Baderach, Vihine Eliyahu Likrasoi. That Eliyahu was walking towards him. Vayakirehu, Evadiyahu recognized Eliyahu. Remember, Evadiyahu is a tzaddik, he's a Yerushamayim. And Eliyahu Anavi, everyone knew, was the, was the Navi Adir, was the Navi, the prophet of the generation. So Evadiyahu recognizes Eliyahu. Vayipel alpanov, he falls on his face. Vayemer, he says, Ha'ata za'adoni Eliyahu, are you my master Eliyahu? Eliyahu responds and says, yes. Vayemer Eliyahu, that's me. Go tell your master, Achav, that Eliyahu is here. I want to see him. So Eliyahu is sending Ovadyahu to his master. He says, Ovadyahu to Eliyahu, he says, no, no, no. He says, did I sin that bad? I know what's, what's going to happen here. I'm going to go and tell Achav that you're here. He's going to come looking for you and you won't be here anymore. Some wind of Hashem is going to take you somewhere else. And I'm going to be killed. He says, he says that Achav has been searching for you these years in every country in the world. That's what he possibly says. He says, Chai Hashem, I swear, is there one nation and one kingdom that Achav wasn't searching for you? And he made all the nations swear they don't know where you are. And now I'm going to come tell him I found you. And then when he comes to see you, you're going to disappear because Hashem is going to want to save you. 
So I'm going to be put to death. So if Adyo says, Machatosi, what's my sin so great that you're putting me to death in this way that you're causing me to die? Says, says Elio Novi, says no, I'm going to pass it He says, no, he says, I swear before Hashem that I am going to see Achav today. I'm not going anywhere. No winds are taking me away. I, you have nothing to worry about. Go tell Achav that I'm here to see him and I will indeed appear before Achav today. So if Adyo does that, Pasuk Tezayim, Vayelech Evadyo Lekras Achav, Vayagedloi, Evadyo comes to Achav and he tells him, you know, Eliyahu Anavi, the one who you're searching for all these years, the one who caused the famine, he's here. Vayelech Achav Lekras Eliyahu, Achav now comes to see Eliyahu Anavi. Vayikir Ois Achav Es Eliyahu, when Achav sees Eliyahu, and Achav says to him, Ha'ata ze Oichir Yisrael. He says, you, you're the one who's trying to destroy the Jewish people. Achav tells Eliyahu Hanavi. He calls him a destroyer of the Jewish people because you made a famine. People are dying right and left. So Achav Kila, you know, is, is taking on the covet of Klal Yisrael. How, how dare you, Eliyahu Hanavi, you're the destroyer of the Jewish people. And Eliyahu Hanavi doesn't remain, remain silent and he answers in Pasuk HaKes, Vayemer, I am not the destroyer of the Jewish people at all. It's you and your father's home who left the mitzvahs of Hashem and you've gone, gone after the Baal. And that's causing destruction of the Jewish people. It's not me. It's you're going away from the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, Leonavi comes and says, and here comes again the great story, the great test. He says, I want to make a contest, a competition against all the Nevi Habal. I want to prove the truth of Hashem and the truth of Torah to all of the Jewish people under your domain. And he says, go and gather for me all of the Jewish people to Hara Carmel, the Mount Carmel. And Nevi'i Habal, all the prophets, all the false prophets of the Baal, there's 450 of them. And also the Nevi'i Ha'asherah, the Asherah is another type of Avedazara. 400 of them, 400 of the Nevi'im of the Asherah, and those Nevi'im of the Asherah specifically, it says, they were Oichle Shulchan Izevel. They would eat on Izevel's table. And Izevel, I don't know exactly how big her table was, but it seems 400 Nevi'im of Asherah ate with Izevel. So Leon Navi says, I want you to round up 850 false Nevi'im. 400, 450 Nevi'i Habal, 400 Nevi'i Ha'asherah, who are Izevel's people, and gather all the Jewish people all to the Hara Carmel, to the Mount Carmel, and we're going to create a contest. And Achav says, okay. And it says, Achav gathers the Jewish people, and he gathers the Nevi'im of the Baal. It's interesting, he only gathered the 450 of the Baal. He didn't gather the 400 of the Asherah that were Izebel's people. Izebel didn't let them go. Izebel said, I'm not, no, no contest with Leo and Ovi, we're not going. So the 400 of Izebel's Nevi'im, Again, they were called the Nevi'i HaAsherah. They didn't show up. But the 450 Nevi'im of the Baal and who knows how many thousands of Jewish people come to this designated Har Mount Carmel. Vayigash comes to the entire nation and he says, again, a very famous quote, How long are you people going to dance on two sides? Back and forth, Avedezorah, Hashem, Hashem Avedezorah. You have to remember, and we spoke about this before, the people in that generation, though they were Avedezorah, they were, they were spiritual people. Um, and that's why they were into all different types of idolatry. It wasn't very different than, than uh, 
you know, today's type of uh, problems. Today knows, today, today have very few people aren't that spiritual in the first place. But these people were very spiritual, and therefore they wanted to have schoolers from Torah and Avedazara and, 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 you know, davening. And, and Leon never calls them out. He says, how long are you people going to, in Yiddish, you say, Tansana you're going to be on this side and on that side. And here he says a very powerful statement. Im Hashem huelikim If Hashem is God, go after Hashem. Im Habal, If Baal is truth, go after Baal. The, the Rebbe spoke about that many times. That Elyon t- t- did a very risky thing over here. He said, you know, if you like Baal, go after Baal. Leave Hashem out of the picture. Because sometimes people have to be forced to make a decision. When a person lives there, keeps on living a lie and living a two-faced situation, then he'll never get out of it. Sometimes when you force a person to a decision, make your decision. Whose are you? Are you Hashem's or are you the Baal's? And that's what Elyon tells Kuala Yisrael at this time. And the Pasuk says, the people all heard and they didn't answer. Everyone was sort of quiet, silent. See what's going to happen over here. How's this going to play itself out? He said to the nation, I remain a Navi for Hashem alone. And here there's 450 Navi Habal. I want to digress for a minute and say something very fascinating. Eliyahu Navi just made a statement. He said that he's the only Navi Hashem. But we just read a few psukim ago that there was a hundred Nevi'im in hiding. Right? That Ovad Yahu had a hundred Nevi'im in hiding. Now, if a hundred people are hidden somewhere, people know about this. Right? There's, there's no hiding a hundred people who have to be fed and have to be taken care of and nobody knows about it. And, and the Gemara says something very fascinating. It says that the people of Achav with all of their chesreinus, with all of their avedizorah, there's a trait that they had, a very strong trait. And that was, nobody talked Lashon Hara. People didn't shear, people didn't gossip. And the Gemara says, that was a, bl- a bracha that Achav had. And that's why he was successful in battle, because his people didn't talk Lashon Hara, they didn't gossip. So although there's a hundred and devim in hiding, well, nobody knew about it, because nobody talked about it, nobody, nobody gossiped, nobody discussed it. And the Gemara says, that the, the service of David HaMelech, who were, many of them were tzaddikim, but there was a lot of gossip, and they would, they would lose in battle many times. The servants of Achav, who were Rishayim, but, but didn't gossip, that was a big schus for Nitzachin and Mocham. That's a side point that, that's learned from this Pasuk over here. But anyhow, so the Yohan says, he says, I am a Navi left over, the only Navi Hashem, and here this 450 Navi Yehabal. And here's what we're going to do. We should choose two parim, two oxen, and you should choose one ox for yourself, all of you Nevi Habal, and cut it up and put it on wood and make a Mizbeach and don't put fire. And I'll do the same. I'll take the other part, the other ox, and I will put um, a wood. I also won't put fire. You should call out in, to your God and I will call out in Hashem's name. And the God who will answer in fire, this is the God. This is the this is the contest, the test that Eliyahu Navi suggests to the Nevi Habal in front of all of Kuala Yisrael. And the nation answered and said, very good, good idea, good contest. I, I, should, I should say that Eliyahu Navi not just did something very original and obviously courageous, aside from that, he did something that seemingly was forbidden. Because you're not allowed to bring a carbon on Harakarma. Right? We have a mitzvah that any carbon that we bring, we have to bring to the base of Mikdash. So how is Eliyahu Navi allowed 
to do this, to create a Mizbeach and a Karba, not in the Beis HaMikdash and Harakarmel. Typically, this is 100% prohibited. But from here, the Gemara learns, and the Rambam talks about it, that if a Navi, who's known as a Navi Hashem, comes and says that for a temporary need and reason, we have to go against a certain mitzvah, so it's learned from the Torah that we have to listen to the Navi. Only if it's temporary and only if it's an individual mitzvah, not a Vedizara. But for the sake of Hashem, sometimes a Navi would say to do something, even though it's not regularly permitted halachically. And this is one such example of where Eliyahu Navi has this carbon brought on Hara Karmel, which of course is not, is not typically um, permissible according to halach. So, Pasuk Chafei, Eliyahu Navi says to the Navi, Habal, to the, to the prophets of the Baal, you choose the first ox. You go first. After all, you're the majority. So the majority goes first. Call out in the name of your God, but don't put fire. And it says that they took the par, they took the ox that he gave them. And here again, here the Gemara stops it. What do you mean, what do you mean that he gave them? Eliyonavi gave them the ox? What, what does it mean Eliyonavi gave them the ox? So there's a, a fascinating medrash. Fascinating medrash that it says... That the two oxen were chosen, and then the Navi Abal wanted to take one of the oxen, and it wouldn't budge. Wouldn't budge, wouldn't go in that direction. And, and he wouldn't really, they were trying, you know, it's not easy to pull an ox. <laughs> oxen can be big, and this ox wasn't, wouldn't move. And Eliyahu came closer, and the Medrash says that the ox started talking to Eliyahu And the ox said, he says, they took two oxen. Both of us grew up together. Both of us grew, uh, were, were born together. Why is it that my friend, the other ox, is going to be a carbon for Hashem, and I'm going to be a carbon for Avedazar? I'm not going. It's not fair. You know, a kind of an ox. So Eliyahu famously answered, and again, this is something that the Rebbe talked about a number of times. Eliyahu says, go with them. The same way that Hashem's name is going to be sanctified through the other ox, he's going to be sanctified through you. Even though you're the one who David David is killing. But ultimately, altogether, Hashem's name is being sanctified. And that's a, such a powerful message in life. You know, there, there's the one who gets the more exciting job. There's one who gets the, the holier job. And there's one who has to do the dirty work. Ultimately, all of the work is necessary. And from both sides causes the, the glorification of Hashem's name. And that's what it means when the Pasuk says, that Asher Nosan Lohem, Navi gave them the ox, because the ox on their own wasn't going to them. Anyhow, they take the axe. From the morning until afternoon, they called out to the Baal, Lamer Habal Anenu, Baal, the Avedazar Baal, answer us. There's no response whatsoever. And they were jumping and they were dancing, trying to elicit some type of response from the Baal. And here again, we have a beautiful Medrash that says that some of these Nevi Habal were smarter than they gave off. And they knew that they probably, the Baal probably wasn't sending fires their direction. And what they did is they had one, one of the, uh, the Eved David was hidden in the Mizbeach. Was hidden in the Mizbeach and he was supposed to give the fire. In fact, who was that? Who was the one that they hid in the Mizbeach? Chiel, the same one who built Yericha, who lost his sons. So when they were calling to him, they thought he had fallen asleep or something in the Mizbeach that they had built. But ultimately what happened was a snake hid in there and he killed him. So there was no one to give the fire. It was in the afternoon, and Eliyahu started. He started making fun of them. He says, "You know, call louder. You know, maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe he took a nap. Maybe who knows what." So, so you know, call louder. You know, work harder. You know, try to elicit a response. And they they, they did what he said. 
and they, they called with uh, with greater uh, fierceness and then they started cutting themselves and there was there was blood pouring but there was no fire it was at the end of the afternoon these prophets they did their nevuah their prophecies until mincha time right before nightfall there's no response Yehovah now says to the entire nation, "Come towards me." The nation comes towards Yehovah. He uh, literally he healed the mizbeach Hashem that was destroyed. On a simple level, it's referring to that mizbeach, being that they were trying to, uh, you know, bring a carbon to the bow with that mizbeach. So Yehovah had to uh, had to correct or had to fix up the mizbeach. The, the Medrashim say that really is referring to a different uh, Mizbeach, but the King Shol, Shol HaMelech, many, many years earlier in Tanakh says, made a Mizbeach on Har HaKarmel. Mizbeach for Hashem, obviously. But over the years, the Nevi'i HaBal, the prophets of the Baal, had destroyed that Mizbeach. So now, now the Yohan Novi uh, heals or corrects or fixes that old Mizbeach Hashem that's on the Har HaKarmel. He takes t- uh, 12 stones, which is the number of the Shvatim, of Bnei Yaakov, that Hashem said is you call, that Yaakov should be called Yisrael. And he builds these 12 stones and rebuilds this Mizbeach. Hashem Hashem for the name of Hashem. And then he dug a ditch around the entire Mizbeach. And then he set up wood. And then he shechted the animal and he cut off the animal into pieces and he put it on top of the wood on top of the Mizbeach. And then he told the people, he says, Take different, take uh, barrels of water, four big barrels of water, and pour it. Pour it on the oil, pour it on the animal, and pour it on the wood. And he says, do it again, and do it a third time. He flooded the whole place with water. He flooded the Mizbeach with water, and the animal with water. Interestingly, the Midrashim say that his Talmud, Elisha, who we're going to learn about shortly, Elisha was the great Talmud of Eliyahu he was the one who was pouring the water. The Medr says that Elisha's fingers became like spouts of water, and it was just gushing water and water and water on top of the Mizbeach, to the point that the water filled the entire ditch that he built around the Mizbeach, and everything, the whole Mizbeach, was, everything was covered in water. Came the time of Mincha. And here we have a very beautiful and famous statement of the Gemara that the Rebbe would say many times. We know that there's, there's three Tfilas of a day there's Shachras, Mincha, and then there's Mairiv. Mairiv is different, it's not the same level of Chiyuv, and especially not for women. But there's, there's the Shachras, Mincha, Mairiv, there's Musaf. But it says the most powerful Tfilah we have is Mincha. And therefore, the, here, here the Pasuk makes note of that. That it was Nafke during Mincha time that Eliyahu was turned to Hashem and asked for this great, this tremendous miracle that Klal Yisrael was going to witness. It was, it was Mincha time. Eliyahu comes and he says, Hashem Yisrael." He mentions he 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 evokes the Zchus Oves Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Hayoyim Yivoda. Today let it be known ki Atah Yisrael that your that there's an Ebesher, there's a Hashem in the Jewish people, Vani Avdecha, and I'm your servant. Ovidvarcha, Asisi, Eskol Hadvarema Ela, and everything that I'm doing is only because you said. Nothing is on my own. I'm not the one who said it should stop raining. And also, when I'm saying to make a Mizbeach on the Mount Carmel, and someone might say, well, you're not allowed to make, it's all Bidvarcha, Asisi. Aneni Hashem Aneni. Of course, this becomes one of the 
most powerful tefillahs that we have. We say on fast days, we say it on Yom Kippur, Anini Hashem, Anini, Hash, answer me, Hashem, answer me. V'yedu ha'om so that this entire nation should know. Ki ato Hashem alikim, that you are Hashem. V'ato ha'siboysa es libam achiranes. And you are the one who caused that their hearts should not see Hashem sometimes. Very powerful statement of Eliyahu Anovi. That, Hashem, that Eliyahu Anovi is saying, really Hashem is Hashem and everybody should see that. But Hashem gave us Bechira, Hashem gave us the ability that we should do, that we should even be idolatrous. But that's also from Hashem. The ability to go against Hashem also comes from Hashem. And that's what Eliyahu Anovi is asking Hashem to reveal that to everyone. The, the Madrashim say that Eliyahu Novi was asking not just for that generation, he was asking for all generations. And in fact, he was even thinking about the coming of Mashiach. When Eliyahu Novi said, I want them to know that I'm your servant, and one day I'm going to come back and say, Mashiach is coming, they should believe me then too. It's all part of Eliyahu's tefillah, Aneni, Hashem, Aneni, answer me, everyone should know, Ani Avdecha, I'm your servant, Abedvarcha, Sisi, whatever I say and whatever I do is only by your word. And now we have that tremendous miracle, Vatipel Eish Hashem. The fire of Hashem came forth from heaven. And it consumed the oilah, the carbon, and the wood, and the stone, and the dirt, and the water, everything. <laughs> we have a mezbeach, we have an animal, it's, it's flooded with water. The fire came down, such a powerful fire came from heaven, that everything was destroyed, everything was consumed and brought up to Hashem. And here you have the Jewish people, Klai Yisrael, witnessing this tremendous uh, nace, um, there probably wasn't such a clear nace since Kriyas Yamsa. For in front of everyone, in front of Klal Yisrael. The nation see this, and they fall on their faces, and they all cry out, cry out in unison. But we cry out the last words of Yom Kippur, Hashem hu ha'alikim, Hashem hu ha'alikim, that Hashem is God, that this was, this was the ultimate contest, and everyone saw this tremendous gilui alikus, this revelation of Hashem in the world. Eliyot says to them to, to grab all the Nevi, Habal, all the fa false prophets that had been bringing them to idolatry for all these years and take them, says, don't let any of them get away and all of them should be put to death. And they did that, all those 450 Nevi, Habal that were there. And now Eliyot is here on the top of the mountain and Achav is there as well. Achav is the king. Eliyot returns to Achav and he says, now it's going to rain. <laughs> He says, now that Kalal Yisrael accepted Hashem, and they said, Hashem will akim, he says, go, quote quickly back to your quarters, you want to eat, you want to drink, because there's going to be a lot of rain very quickly. Achos started eating and drinking, and Elio goes up to the top of the mountain, and he sits down and he davens, he starts davening, he says, he puts his face, his, uh, face between his knees, and he has his, his nar, his servant, he says, Look, look to the west and see, is there a rain cloud yet? And the, uh, the, this uh, attendant, the servant, comes back and he says, uh, No, no rain cloud. And Eliyahu a minute later says, Go look again. And this happens seven times. Seven times he tells the servant, or his, his, his attendant, he says, Go look if there's a rain cloud. The seventh time, the attendant comes back and he says, You know what, there's a small little tiny cloud. It looks like the palm of a hand. That's coming up from the sea. So Leonard says, oh, there's a cloud? Go tell Achav to quickly take his horse and wagon, to, to quickly uh, take his chariots and, and harness it and leave quickly, because otherwise he's never going to get out of here with the amount of rain that there's going to be. And it says it took a couple moments, and the heavens filled with powerful clouds, 
and there was this tremendous rain. If you remember, it's been a couple of years since there's rain in Eretz Yisrael. And there's this tremendous rain, and Achav is uh, on his chariot, and he's riding towards Yisraela, which is a city over there. And um, interesting, it says here that Eliyahu was given this tremendous kayak, and he runs in front of Achav's carriage. This entire trip from where they were in Har Karmel to Yisraela, it doesn't say exactly how far that is, but Eliyahu with kayak is running in front of the carriage. And here, again, Chazal teaches an, an, another one of the fascinating lessons of the concept of Kovid HaMalchus. Even though Achav is this Russia and there's no reason to, to respect him, but he's the Melech. And therefore, Leonavi was paying this tribute of running before him as Achav is returning to his palace. And that's the end of Perikit Ches in the fascinating story of Leo Bahara Karmel, the great Gilu the great revelation of Hashem that happened in that contest in front of Klal Yisrael and the Nevi Hebel. Silverberg Achav wasn't killed in the rain? No. No, not at all. I don't know. Um, Achav was, there's, we're still going to deal with Achav. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't trying to kill. Let's, uh, we have a little more. Let's try to learn a little more here. Perikutas. Vayagid Achav li'izevel is kol asher Right? Izevel wasn't there. As we said before, not only was Izevel herself not there, she didn't even let her Nevi'im go. Right? We said Initially, Leo had invited Achav's Nevi'im and Izevel's Nevi'im. Um, throughout Tanakh, it's clear Izevel was a lot worse than Achav. First of all, Izevel wasn't Jewish. Achav was a Yid. Um, Izevel wasn't. So now, after the whole story, Achav comes back home and he says, you know, he tells Izevel what happened. And he says the whole story. And he says that Leo had all of the Nevi'im Habal put to death. Atishlach Izevel Malach El Eliyahu Lamer. Izevel sends a, a messenger. Tell Yahu to tell him. He swears, he says, this so so Hashem, so said so she swears by the name of Hashem. She says, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to have you put to death. You put to death all the Nevim of the Baal. I'm gonna take care that I'm gonna have you put to death as well. This is Izebel's threat, Telio, which of course didn't come to be, but that was her threat. Pasuk says and Pasuk Gimel that Elio recognized that this is something he has to protect himself from. In other words, he understood that he has to uh, he has to run away, and that's what he did. So Elio he gets up and he goes and he leaves, and he comes to Be'er Shava, which was in the area of Yehuda, and he left again. He left his attendant there, and he kept on uh, he kept on traveling himself. He went for a day in during in the Midbar. And he came and he sat under a roisem echos. So was a certain type of a tree. And he sat under the tree. And he saw Hashem. He says, you know, it says enough suffering. I'm always running. I'm always running away. I was running for Acha for years. And now I'm running from Izebel. He says, take my life from me. What, 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 what do I need to be here for? He says, everyone dies in one day. So I can die now. Again, again to run. Again to be in hiding. I can't teach anyway. I'm just running. And as he says this in his heart, uh, Eliyahu falls asleep. He falls asleep under this tree in the desert. Um, and as he's sleeping, a malach touches him and he says, Eliyahu, get up and eat. And he wakes up and he sees that, uh, that by his head there is miraculously um, some type of baked dough and there's water and he eats and drinks and then he falls back asleep. And as he falls back asleep, the malach comes to him again, wakes him up again and he says, come Eliyahu, get up and eat. You have a long way ahead of you. You have a long way ahead of you. It's important that you eat, that you drink, that you strengthen yourself. And that Leon Navi did that. He gets up and he eats and he drinks. 
And then he started going, and it says for 40 days and 40 nights he traveled with the strength of that eating and drinking. Again, all this, obviously we're talking about Eliyahu Novi, miraculous, just like Moshe Rabbeinu on, the, on our Sinai, also didn't eat or drink for 40 days and 40 nights. So Eliyahu Novi didn't eat or drink for these 40 days and 40 nights that he's running away from Izevel. And where does he come? To Har Sinai, to Har Chayriv. Um, as the Pasik says, at Har Holikim Chayriv, the Mount of Hashem, Chayriv, Chayriv is one of the names for Har Sinai. And that's where Eliyahu Novi arrives when he's escaping the wrath of Izevel. He comes there and he comes to a, uh, a cave and there he, there he stays overnight. He sleeps over there and suddenly he hears a nevuah from Hashem. And Hashem says, Why are you here, Eliyahu? What are you here for? And this, as we know, is a way of Hashem when he, um, when he comes to Nevi'in. Of course, Hashem knows everything and why a person is there. But then, just like by Adam Arishin, when he comes to, he says, Ayeko. So here, um, as Rashi would say, to start a conversation. So Hashem asks Eliyahu, he says, Malach Eliyahu. And Eliyahu answers and he says, Kanoi kinesi Hashem. I was zealous, uh, zealous for Hashem because the Jewish people, they left the covenant. They, uh, they left the ways of Hashem. The, the, the Mizbechis of Hashem, they destroyed. The Nevi'im of Hashem, they had killed. And I was left alone on Navi. And now the people want to kill me too. So that's why I'm here. I'm running away from my life. Hashem tells Eliyahu, go out of the cave and stand on the mountain before Hashem. And Hashem will pass over you. Many of this is very reminiscent of Moshe Rabbeinu on Har Sinai so many years earlier. But Hashem tells something very fascinating. He says, Hashem will pass before you. But you should know, first there's going to be very, very powerful stormy winds. The type of winds that can uproot mountains. But that's not Hashem. Then there's going to be tremendous thunder. But that thunder is not Hashem either. Then there's going to be tremendous fire. But loibaish Hashem. That's not Hashem either. After the fire, there's going to be koiled mamadaka. A very, very low sound. That's when you'll know that Hashem's presence is there. Hashem's shina is there. This is a very poetic concept and a very something that's used many times. That, that the Gilead Lakus, the revelation of Hashem, is not necessarily in thunder and fire and lightning, sometimes in the most quiet and most subtle ways, subtle forms, that's where Hashem can be found. And that's what Hashem tells Elio. Hashem is going to be passing before you, um, but there's going to be thunder and there's going to be fire and there's going to be wind, but ultimately there's going to be the Kild Mamadaka, that very tiny sound. When Elio heard this, when he heard, he heard the hot thunder and then the fire and then the Kild Mamadaka, so he covered his face in his garment and he went out to the front, to the door, to the opening of the cave. Um, because he understood that now the Shechina is there. He covered his face not to look because a human being can't look over there. And he comes outside and he hears the voice addressing him and saying again, Eliyahu, why are you here? What are you here for? Eliyahu repeated the same thing he said earlier. He says, I was zealous for the ways of Hashem. The people, they left the covenant, they destroyed the Mizbechais, they killed the Nevi'im, I'm left alone, and the people want to kill me as well. And here Hashem gives him a nevuah and he says, it's time, you have to return, and you have a, a, a mission. You'll go, as you're coming back from the Midbar, you'll pass through Damasek, which is not in Israel. And there you'll see a person named Chazoel. 
Hazoyel, you should anoint him as a king over Aram. This is not a Jewish nation. And as we'll see in the continuation, ultimately it's not Eliyahu himself who's going to do this. This is going to happen through his Talmud, Elisha. He says, you should anoint Hazoyel. And then you'll see a person named Yehu ben Nimshi, who's a Yid. And him you should anoint because he's going to be a Melech on the Ten Tribes. And then you'll see Elisha, your Talmud Elisha, from Avil Mechayla, that's where he lived. Anoint him to be the next Navi after you. Basically, Hashem is giving three jobs, three people that have to be anointed. A, king, a new king for Aram, who's a, again a separate, a, a non-Jewish nation near the Klal Yisrael. A new king for the Jewish people, Yehu ben Nimshi, and a new Navi. And ultimately, Hashem says, all of those idolatrous people that you that you're talking about are going to be are going to be punished. He says, whoever Chazoel won't kill, so Yehu will kill. Chazoel again. Chazoel is the king of Aram. Whoever his sword won't come to, so Yehu, the king of the ten tribes, will kill. And whoever is left over from Yehu, Elisha, will ultimately give them their retribution. V'hish'arti b'Yisrael shivas alofim. Hashem says, only 7,000 Yidin, Jews, will remain alive, and they are the 7,000 sets of knees that never bow to the bow, and the mouths that never kiss the bow. As Hashem says, I know everything, I know who's Avedizar, who's not, and all the Avedizar will be destroyed, and there will only be 7,000 Yidin left, but those 7,000 people were true to Hashem. That was the nevuah that Eliyahu Navi receives by Har Sinai. When he comes out of the cave, Hashem says, again, he gives him those three missions of creating a new king for Aram, a new king for the Asaras Ashvatim, and a new Navi. Silverberg? Yes. There's only 7,000 Yidin from entire Klai Yisrael that will be left? That's what it seems. It's, it didn't, this didn't happen in one time. This happened over many, many years. But basically, Hashem is saying that although the vast majority of the ten Shvatim, this is the ten Shvatim, not the, not the two, but the vast majority of the ten Shvatim were David but there's 7,000 that aren't, and they'll be speared. Everyone else will ultimately be punished. And he went from there, Elio, he left the cave, he left Harsinai, and he met Elisha. So at least one part of the Nebuah happens right away. Fahim says, Elisha ben Shafat, he sees Elisha, son of Shafat. He was working, he was working the fields, something that was common, we saw earlier by People who ultimately became a melech, but first they did work. The Gemara says, Godil ha-melacha. It's good to do work. And Elisha was working the fields, and he said he had 12 different uh, groups of uh, oxen that were plowing, and he was in the back by the 12th group. And Elio passed by him, and Elio threw his garment over Elisha's head. Elio had his adarte, his special garment, and he threw it on Elisha. As soon as Elisha feels Elio's garment upon him, he feels the kedusha of Elio Anavi. And he leaves the oxen and he runs after Elio. And he says, Elio, let me just give a kiss to my father and my mother and let me follow you. I want to go after you. And Elio says, well, I didn't call you to, I didn't tell you to come to me. You can go continue what you were doing. I just did what I have to do. You don't have to come after me. But Elisha, Elisha knew that that wasn't the, the, the mission. And he says, he turned around and he took the oxen that he was plowing with and he shafted them um, he shechted them, and then with the uh, with the uh, the different uh, what is it called, the tools, the tools that he was using for plowing. He took them and he made he made them into pots, and he cooked the meat that he had just uh, shechted from the oxen, and they ate. 
and he said, "That's it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not plowing fields anymore." He followed Eliyahu. He became Eliyahu's foremost Talmud. Um, he served Eliyahu. He became his right man. And as we'll see, as we know, ultimately Elisha is not only Eliyahu's greatest Talmud, but he's going to be his successor in Nevuah, as we'll learn in the upcoming Prakim Bezra session.